Does this sound like you? You take radical responsibility for your life and you have very little patience for those who play victim. You take care of your own needs. Asking for help from others honestly just feels like a burden. You have a strong tendency to routine and structure because this is how you take care of you and that's how you can guarantee you get life done. How about your emotions, my friend? How are you at handling those? Does it feel icky and suffocating to express emotions and be vulnerable? Listen in, my friend. These are common characteristics of an avoidant attachment style. And I want to share with you today how learning about these has changed my freaking life. Welcome back to Well With Michelle, where we find a holistic approach to habits and discipline. It kills me when I see hardworking humans going after their desires without seeing those epic results. Let's shift that scramble, rush, and overwhelmed day into effective action to get the thing done. We have big dreams and we plan to accomplish them in this community, while we also make space for all of life's little joys. Come on, friend, let's grow. Happy Wednesday. How's the week going, my friend? Let's take a big old breath in. Come on, come on, join me. Come on, get involved in this big breath in right from the belly, expanding your beautiful belly out as you inhale. Hold it there for a second. And release. (sighs) Okie doke. I have a gooder for you today. And learning about attachment styles changed my life. First, we're going to get into what the heck that means. You might have seen some things on Instagram. uh, Maybe you've never heard of it before. And then I'm going to talk specifically today about the avoidant attachment style. When I first heard about attachment styles, it blew my mind because I, one, had no idea it existed. And it was just one of those moments in life that you're like, holy hell, everything is coming full circle. This provides so much clarity on why I am the way I am. Now, one thing I really want to emphasize here about attachment style, my friend, an attachment style is a tendency. So while you might lean towards avoidant or anxious right now, you can absolutely work towards growing a secure attachment style. So like I just mentioned there, there's the three types of uh, attachment style. There's avoidant, anxious, and secure. There's also a fourth that's over in its kind of own little entity because it is typically roots from trauma, and that's a disorganized attachment style. So you can be a combination of avoidant, anxious, secure, Pretty avoidant, working your way towards secure, just a little bit anxious, working your way towards secure, whatever it looks like for you. And learning about these attachment styles was an absolute game changer for me because after my first serious relationship ended, I did a lot of reflection. How did I show up in the relationship? How do I feel in relationships? Personally, I'm someone that's extremely independent. I never actively went out and looked for relationships. Uh, both of the times they did kind of just walk into my life, my my current partner, and then my other one serious relationship. And while I was very grateful when they did, I was also very okay when I was on my own. During my single years, I really did enjoy myself. So right along the same time, I had two big moments. One stemmed from my therapist, point blank, 
told me, Michelle, if you don't learn how to feel your feelings, if you don't learn how to process your emotions, your life will always stay surface level. And we weren't talking specifically about romantic relationships in that moment. She was saying with your family, with your friends. And she pointed out all these ways of, I thought that they were just easy relationships, but really they were surface level relationships. And then I took that one further when I learned about these attachment styles and recognized like, wow, I pull away like crazy in relationships. I don't really trust people to, you know, I just always have chalked it up to being independent. I don't trust other people to do important things for me. I'm going to make sure that I've got that control in my own hands. And I'm sure as hell not about to express my emotions to others. Not even I'm not going to express my emotions to others. I don't even honestly know what I'm feeling outside of happy. I've just taught myself to be okay all the time. And that was something that really stuck with me. I didn't know why at the time, but of course, you know, the universe, it's got our back. And shortly thereafter, I was introduced to attachment style from an Instagram post. And it was like, bam, light bulb moment. Your therapist is telling you, you're not great at recognizing all of your emotions, which she's not wrong. And attachment style was helping me explain it in a very, very simple way. So let's talk about some characteristics of an avoidant attachment style to start. An avoidant attachment style is someone who takes radical responsibility for their life, and they have very little patience for people who play victim. You have a tendency to save yourself, and you don't put your problems on other people. Putting your problems on other people feels like a burden, and just similar to as an avoidant to express emotions, This feels like a burden to others. We do everything in our power to avoid that because it's an act of love from avoidance mindset to manage your emotions yourself and then come back to that person, a regulated, calm human. Avoidance are really, really good about regulating their nervous system and their emotions really quickly because we've self-taught ourselves that which then build this ability to just very quickly regulate so that you can get back to receiving love. We bring it into our adult years. Another really common tendency of an avoidant attachment style is to be with a partner who has an anxious attachment style. I was just listening to an amazing podcast on this the other day, and she made a very, very cool point that I quickly want to surface. If this is kind of catching your eye and you think, okay, I'm the avoidant one, or maybe my partner's the avoidant one, and then vice versa, one of you is anxious, one of you is avoidant, and you decide that you both want to start working on this, that is incredible. But here are the two key things about the avoidant and the anxious attachment style. Avoidant thinks I'm not enough in a relationship. Anxious thinks I'm too much in a relationship. So as you start to work towards a more secure side from both angles, the anxious one is going to have to learn to make space for that avoidant to start processing their emotions and being vulnerable and making a safe space for that avoidant to be vulnerable and be messy and be bad at it because they're not used to it yet. And then on the flip side, 
the anxious one, as they learn to become more independent, less, less need to, you know, really lean on that avoidant type. The avoidant one is going to need to learn how to be okay with that because the avoidant one is the one that's used to being independent and being needed. And the anxious one is now going to learn to stand on their own two feet. So making space as you both grow towards more security, there is deep rooted programming where the avoidant is going, I'm supposed to be the rock. It's uneasy that the anxious one doesn't need me anymore. And the anxious one is going, they're supposed to be the rock. It's uneasy that I need to make space for their emotions right now. I thought that was very, very, very interesting. I think I should have said very one more time. (laughs) Okay. Here's another characteristics of the avoidant attachment style. They have lots of self-awareness on a cognitive level, but low emotional self-awareness. Anyone else nodding along with me? Any other... uh, Avoidance with me here. (laughs) Okay, so as avoidance, we're unsure about how we feel because we don't have the skill to process it on an emotional level without automatically jumping to a solution. So just coming back to that same thing of we are solution finders. We are nervous system regulators. We have an emotion. We have a feeling. We have a problem. We have a solution fast. Another thing that avoidance are going to do is you're happy to go to others to take care of wants. Like, oh yeah, I would love to go hang out with you for a coffee. I don't need a coffee with you. I would just love your company. But when it comes to needs of like, hey, I need to find a solution to this problem. I'm unhappy at my job and I need to make a move and leave. I'm unhappy in my relationship and it's because of the way that I've been behaving. We are going to go inside to ourselves to find a solution because it keeps us in control. We learn from a young age that when we are out of control, we don't receive love. So we have learned how to always be in control, how to make sure we always know what the outcome is going to be. One more trait of an avoidant attachment style is a high tendency towards structure and routine. We like to be able to protect our day. So When I first read these points way back, I was like, they could just plaster my name up the top. So here's my morning routine. I am very much a structured, disciplined person. Surprise, surprise, I'm a habits and discipline coach. Thank you to my avoidant attachment style for helping fuel this career. (laughs) Okay, I wake up at 5 a.m. I dry brush. I cold shower. I go to the gym. Then I work for a little bit, and then I go to my 9 to 5 job of training cabin crew. This is my morning every single morning, including on the weekends, because I like that. I like knowing that I start my day in control, getting what's done, because those hours are within my control. And then once we hit 8 a.m. and all the chaos hits and I've got the students in class and things go sideways, no problem, because I have already taken control of my day in the morning while I still have control of it. This predictability creates safety for avoidance because it's under our control. As kiddos, we saw that the way that we received love is when we weren't having big outbursts, when we were being calm, when we were being quiet, when we were under control. So we quickly learned, okay, this is how I receive love. This is how I get attention from my caregivers. I'll be quiet. I'll be calm. Any problems, any emotions, any big feelings that I have, I'll learn to fix them so I can receive love from my caregiver quicker.
Let's take a quick second to debunk a myth about an avoidant attachment style. And then I'm going to talk about three key lessons that I've learned to start to switch from avoidant to a secure attachment style. I am definitely not there yet, but work in progress. So the big myth is that the avoidant is consciously aware and actively trying to skirt around the emotions. Where is the reality with an avoidance mind? As a child, our brains developed neural pathways that said, focus on the solution. Make sure you find a solution to the problems. So that's how we see situations now. It's a more logical mind. So when an anxious or secure person was in the exact same shoes, they'd be feeling something on a much deeper level. So making space for your avoidant in your life while they learn how to become less avoidant, while they learn how to express their emotions in the moment, recognize that they might not even have that skill yet. And that's why they shut down. That's why they go quiet. That's why they leave, find a solution and then come back because they have been accustomed to knowing that putting their emotions on others, putting their problems on others is a burden. We don't do that. Let's fix our own problems and come back to the situation. Avoidance are desensitized emotionally to situations more so than an anxious or a secure attachment. So they're not actively trying to push you out. They don't know how to let you in. Now that's not an excuse. It's not a get out of jail free card. We all need to learn to process our emotions as responsible, loving partners and in relationships with family, friends, but just so you get a bit of perspective as to where an avoidance coming from or to see if this is hitting for you and you go, oh shit, that's me. I do that. (laughs) Okay. Now let's talk about the three big lessons that I've learned so far in beginning to shift from an avoidant to a secure attachment style. Like I mentioned, I am nowhere near done. I learned about this Oh gosh, it must, it's been like five years now and I still don't have it figured out. So giving lots of space to, for practice. Luckily, I'm with the most patient man on planet Earth and he's helping me learn how to be less avoidant. All right, number one, my biggest lesson from this attachment style is the feeling of I don't know what to do with love. Have you had that? If you're an avoidant, this is going to feel very natural to you. Giving or receiving love is uncomfortable. The way that we can start to heal this and switch from an avoidant to a secure is start by simply recognizing and acknowledging that it's an uncomfortable or foreign situation for you. Like Say when your partner is loving on you and they're showering you with love, I'm so grateful for you, you're so beautiful, all this good stuff. Do you have a tendency to like cringe up and like reject the compliment? You like put a force field around you of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, emotions. Or <laughs> my older sister always used to do this to me. She's much more in tune with her emotions than I am. We always joke that she's the oldest, then there's my brother, and then there's myself. We always joke that she took all of the emotion out of the womb with her. Uh, my brother got the little bits that was left, and I just came out with no emotion. So she always used to go up to me and go, "Love me," <laughs> and give me a big hug and tell me how much she loves me. And like, of course, I love my family. I love my sister. I'm very close with all of them. Of course, I love my partner more than life itself. But for me to express it is quite uncomfortable. 
Um, same with my friends, <laughs> my best friends. I've gotten better at this, but they always go, I love you. When they're leaving, I'd be like, yeah, like, yeah, love you. Like, Because I, I do. I genuinely love them. But, like, to express it was quite uncomfortable for me until I started working on this. And she would stare at me and she'd go, I love you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I love you too. I love you too. And even that, that's a progress now. Like, that was the most natural thing to say. I say it to them every single time that I leave. I have no problem expressing these emotions to my partner, to my sister. But there's still a lot of work to go, right? So you don't know what to do with love. Now, once you start to recognize that, hey, this is uncomfortable or this is foreign to me, it takes the pressure off of having to figure it all out right now. Just admitting that, hey, this is weird. I don't know how to do this. It'd be no different if you stepped on a basketball court for the first time. You're like, hey, I don't know how to shoot a hoop. Okay, well, perfect. We're in here learning right now. So just give yourself a little bit of grace. You know, and I was recently having a conversation um, with my partner. And for the first time, I honestly told him that I really disliked the feeling of having to process my own emotions. Like, I was like, wow. Like, I always kind of knew it. And I'd jokingly say it to my sister when we were having conversations. But for the first time, I outwardly, honestly was like, I hate their shit. I hate these emotions. I, I don't like it. Now, while I've gotten substantially better over the years with therapy and coaching and just honestly staying on myself and recognizing these hiccups where I can't express myself, I do absolutely hit an emotional processing limit where I just need to take a pause and be allowed to sit back into an avoidant tendency for a bit. An avoidant tendency is my safe space. Being quiet, being in control, being with myself is my safe space. So if you are the avoidant, give yourself some grace that you're going to work to the secure attachment style. You're going to be patient with the process and there's going to be times where the best thing that you can do is sit back into your avoidant tendency for a second and get a break. It's like being out in the ring naked, exposing these emotions, exposing these vulnerabilities. It's extremely uncomfortable. It's extremely unnatural to us. And it's going to take some time. All right, lesson number two. I feel fine the majority of the time. And if I don't, I understand how to quickly self-regulate to process what's not going right. So I really learned this when I was working with a coach, that avoidance don't feel that same level of emotion to events because of the detachment pathways built in the brain. It's not that you're ignoring or pushing down your pain. It's that the wiring in an avoidant is to logically fix a problem on our own. We need to make space for other types who rely on others to make decisions and feel situations more emotionally. So that could look like a secure or an anxious style coming to you and being like, hey, I'm having this problem. I need to talk it through with you. And it's not even necessarily that need a solution. They just need someone to talk. But whereas an avoidant will just go, I'll be back. I'll be back in 30 minutes. I'll be back next week with a solution to this problem. When anxious or secure types start to come to you and they need that support, it's starting to recognize that we feel irritated or discomfort. And those people in your eyes are maybe playing victim. And 
In reality, they are using their attachment styles. They are following their wiring in their brain because they've been taught, this is how I receive love. This is how I'm safe. So starting to make space that their experience is different than yours. And then as we begin to recognize these feelings in that moment, which FYI, speaking from experience, will be really tricky to label for the first while. Acknowledging that moment that, hey, they need that vulnerability. They need that connection. That's something I would love to work towards too. So let's just make space for it to happen. Number three, the big lesson of an avoidant was when I feel dysregulated or stressed, I like to be alone to get back in control of how I'm feeling. This pattern, this pattern, us avoidants are level expert at. (laughs) We are highly self-reliant. But the fact of the matter is, it's not always appropriate to walk away from a situation. Sometimes we need to just be there in the tough situation. Whether it's a tough conversation at work with your boss, your kids need your attention at a moment, or your partner needs an attention at a moment that you are having a disagreement. Learning to stay in that space and feel those dreaded emotions that are coming up with another person around without dazing out, without going into your own headspace, staying truly present, staying in that discomfort, allowing those emotions to come up. Even (laughs) this sounds so silly, but I literally for a little while used an emotion wheel because I was so desensitized to other emotions that I forgot what other emotions were, which sounds unbelievably juvenile, right? Like that sounds like something that a, you know, a small child should be learning. But when we've practiced so much about sticking away from these emotions, we forget. We're like, well, if that's not angry or happy, like what else is there? <laughs> So staying truly present in those moments, you know, say you're in a discussion with your partner, you guys aren't seeing eye to eye right now. Learning to be okay in that state is new for one of us. So like, take those baby steps and start with your partner and say, Hey, listen, like I'm working on this. Can you please try to be patient with me when the moments come up? I'm going to try really hard to not retreat and instead stay emotionally present with you in the moment. And then probably give them a little like, <laughs> and I'm probably going to fuck it up at first. So just be realistic with your standards about me, please. Because we're not going to hit it out of the park on our first go. All right, my friend, that's all I got for you today. I want to talk to you next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that. And if you haven't had a chance to like, star, rate, review this podcast, please go ahead and do that. It helps this podcast grow and reach others who would love to hear it. You can also go ahead and share with your friends. And I always love to hear what you're thinking. So come on, visit me on Styles Coaching on Instagram and let me know your thoughts. Love you. See you next week. My friend, thanks so much for sticking around. I have something really important to ask you. Are you tired? Tired of putting in the work, you're showing up, you're doing the thing, but the way you're currently living is creating a shell of a human. You're on autopilot and honestly, you're just unsure of when to say enough is enough. 
Let's look at the simple actions that we can take daily so that at the end of the day, you feel accomplished as opposed to just numb with tasks. In just 15 minutes a day, you can learn to take the actions that are essential in your life. You cut out the fluff that's stealing all your time to make space for the things you love. What if you could still go after your big audacious goals and dreams, but also be able to slow down and get ice cream with your nieces or stop over to see your parents, be able to sit down and have a chill night with your partner again? It's time to take back control, and we're going to do it in 15 minutes or less. Join the No Fuss Academy today. Learn how to optimize your day-to-day, to stop that constant feeling of rush, and instead find the actions that are filled with passion and purpose. We're making our days more effective, not to add more crap to our to-do list, but instead make space to laugh and create and move and get back to living your good life. Sign up today. You can find more details in the show notes below. I can't wait to see you on the No Fuss Academy.